All right. Hello, LinkedIn and YouTube. Thank you so much for joining us. We are live today with two special guests from Telius. We've got Ajay Khanna and Alvin Wong. We're actually going to talk about a really cool topic on the convergence of artificial intelligence and business intelligence. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring both of them onto our virtual stage here. Hello, Ajay. Hello, Alvin. Hey, Kate. How are you doing this morning? I am doing fantastic. It's no longer morning. It's 12.01. It's, yeah, we just switched it there. So it's no we longer finally, morning. Yeah. <laughs> We're finally. Um, so I'm super excited about this session that we have here today. And for those joining us, maybe if you can both provide an introduction, tell, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. So uh, let me start. So uh, hello, everyone. My name is Ajay Khanna. I'm CEO and founder at Telius. Uh, uh, I'm really excited to be here uh, this afternoon, not this morning, uh, uh, and talk about you know how can we bring data insights in hands of business team and the analyst. And we do that. How can we use AI to accelerate business intelligence and decision making? So I'm really passionate about this topic but and excited to be here. Awesome. Yeah, Thank you. Yep. Thanks, Kate. Thanks for having us. Uh, my name is Alvin Wong, uh, marketing here at Tellius. Uh, look forward to having lively discussion with everyone out there. Um, you know, I'm sure you're going to tell everyone that you know we are will be uh, taking questions live and interacting with uh, whoever would like to talk about this topic of BI and AI. Yes, absolutely. And everyone, as you're joining us, you know, let us know where you're tuning in from and definitely ask as many questions as you want. Ajay and Alvin will be here until we're done with all the questions. <laughs> Before we get into um, uh, you know, questions from the live audience, maybe we can get started with, tell us a little bit about Tellius. That's not an easy thing to say. Tell us about Tellius. Yeah. Tell us what Tellius. So, um, uh, so let me give a quick uh, introduction and background on kind of what we are focusing on in Tellius. So Tellius, we are on a mission to, to enable everyone in the organization uh, you know, with a better data-driven decision-making and make everyone an analyst in the organization. We strongly believe that organizations uh, and the users in the organization should be able to answer not only what happened in your business, but why things are changing and how you can improve business outcomes. And so we build a, build a platform um, to, to solve this problem and put these insights in the hand of business teams. Okay, awesome. And how long has this company been a company? So we started. We started uh, in uh, late 2015. So we have been around uh, five years or so. So we built about three three years or so, uh, building a very strong foundation. So we wanted to build a product foundation, and we use machine learning and AI kind of at the core of of enabling this data driven decision making. Uh, so we did that for about three years, building this strong foundation, and then we went to market about two and a half years ago or so. And then we're working with uh, you know, companies across different industries from uh, CPG to pharmaceutical, uh, healthcare, financial, uh, but pretty, pretty much fundamentally the same problem. You, organizations are sitting on this massive amount of data. They spend millions of dollars putting this data in the cloud and no matter if it is AWS or Azure or GCP, but now we gotta take that, those, that data and derive insights and more importantly, you know, have the business teams and analysts do it in a more self-service manner, um, you know, rather than relying on these data experts or so. Yeah, absolutely. I think relying on data experts just ends up being a little bit more time consuming, especially for a large organization where you have one question and then you have to go through like 10, 15 people to get to the right answer. So I can definitely see a need for the space. And 
you mentioned a couple of industries. So I had a question. I know the, the problem is very much similar across all of these industries. Well, you know, they're sitting on data yeah. they to answer their questions. Are there, you know, two or three industries that you think have the, not the highest need, but kind of the easiest to fix um, problem in this space? Yeah, you know, so I think that there have been um, a few different industries that we found the most interest and success in. So one area that Ajay had mentioned was pharmaceutical and life sciences, right? Um, you know, that that's an industry, not only is it he heavily regulated, but it is an industry that uh, is looking to utilize data more and more so, especially when it comes to thinking about how to improve their commercial effectiveness, how to br uh, bring drugs to market, figuring out what drugs to bring to market, mm -hmm. and, you know, also, you know, how best to, um, you know, uh, uh, bring internal operational efficiencies into areas such as uh, payer analytics and, and, and rebate teams as well. So that's that's one area. Um, another, another area would be consumer goods companies, you know, you know very, very similar, right? They're, they're looking at how to uh, enable uh, business teams, right? Business users to get faster answers from their data about understanding uh, con customer behavior and market share. Um, and you know, they're oftentimes they're faced with a very long, difficult, arduous, complex process to get those answers. Um, and you know, there, there's definitely a need in those types of areas. You know, and then there's other areas such as high tech and, and financial, right? Um, looking at trying to solve, trying to figure out how to solve problems such as you know that are perhaps deemed to be more complex or more analytical in nature, such as churn or customer behavior type of analysis. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, they're struggling with also a complex process to bring, you know, their, their skilled resources and, and how to, um, you know, bring a more effective workflow in order to speed insights to the business in an effective manner. Awesome. Alvin, it sounds like, you, it, you know, you're solving problems everywhere because you're like this. Mm -hmm. Oh, and this. Oh, yeah. And, that, and then one more thing. So, yeah, yeah. You, you, gave me, you gave me three and I gave you four, but we could probably. <laughs> That's awesome. So today we're talking about the convergence of AI and BI. And I just wanted to, you know, start on that topic and talk about why do you think we need to combine those two? Right. What, what's wrong with keeping them separate? No, that's a, that's a great question. Um, maybe I'll take a step back and and talk about some of the the main challenges we are we are seeing, you know, in the industry in the market. Uh, I see there's this kind of four main challenges. The first is I think the user experience expectations. So mm -hmm. when we look at our uh, our current uh, BI stack, uh, I think we see there has not been any 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 major disruption in that in the last twenty years. It used to be dashboards on desktop, then became dashboards on a client server, then became dashboards on cloud, right? But it's still dashboards, and that's not how we consume information in our day to day basis. So if you have to book a flight from uh, from DC to LA, you know you go on some kind of in, you know easy consumer interface using some kind of search bar, and then you know be able to type a question or make that booking. Uh, buy a pair of shoes. So you can do all that pretty easily, but that's not happening in, in the business world. I think that's one challenge. The other challenge we see is that um, when we look at all these data being accumulated, we see there's a huge gap and that gap is widening between the data and insights. I think that gap is widening. And the reason is that while we're collecting a lot of data, the, the, the 
approaches we are using to analyze data are very manual, outdated, and you just they are not just not scalable. You can't do that and look through millions of combinations in the data to find those hidden insights, relevant insights to drive you know better business outcomes. Uh, yeah. The third challenge we see is that you know there's a lot of hype about machine learning AI. <clears throat> I think it's hard to avoid that word, no matter what blog you look at, article you look at, what talk show. Even our talk, we talk about you know AI, um, but the, the the, the challenge we see is that's still not accessible to the masses. The, the majority of the business teams who could actually benefit from all the power of AI, it's just not accessible to them. Um, and, and then the last piece we see is that, uh, you know, most of the current BI tools out there, um, they were built 10 to 12 years ago. I mean, they were, you know, pretty awesome for, you know, going from an IT led era to a little bit of a self-service era with using dashboards and visualization and gave a lot of self-service capabilities. Uh, but at the same time, that stack was still very outdated as we look now uh, that in regards to the, you know, the amount of data that can process, you can't really uh, take that you know, terabytes of data which you're putting on this you know, amazing servers that you can't bring all the data into those BI tools and be able to analyze that. So what that creates a challenge is that you, you could be collecting petabytes of data, but if you're not analyzing it, it's all of that is actually going to waste. So looking at all these, these challenges, I think when we look at from, from machine learning AI, AI technique perspective, that you can combine what machines do really good, which is churn a lot of data, and then yeah. you have the business intelligence side where the domain experts who understand you know, what does you know, churn look like or what does uh, you know, market share means? I mean, they have a really good understanding of the domain, understand the features. When you combine these two together, I think the, you know, the magic happens where now um, those uh, that all the analysis you are doing can be you know, supercharged now with all the, you know, so you, I will say you can combine the ease of use and that intelligence to, to improve that data-driven decision-making and, and able to analyze all the data you're collecting uh, rather than doing it in a, in a very manual approach. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned making things accessible to the masses. And I just wanted to maybe define what do you think of when you're saying accessible to the masses? Is it anyone at a company at any level of the organization that would be able to use a tool like Tellius to get insights? Yeah, I mean, when we look at, a, at, a, at our future vision, um, and I, I give this example uh, that uh, when we're looking at a at a, at a flight booking uh, example, I think when I you know look back 25 years ago and uh, looking at a flight booking experience for you know poor, uh, individuals who are you know born in the last 25 30 years, they, they can't yeah. imagine a world where you know you would not have uh, Google flights or Travelocity or Expedia. So at that point, uh, you know, normal people just could not book the flight you know, online. And I think we see an exact same scenario for business intelligence. And that just you know, is insane Like you have so much data and you can't have a head of marketing, um, you know, a head of supply chain, not being able to see you know, how many orders were shipped and, and how many are. So our vision is, and it's not gonna happen overnight. It's not gonna happen overnight. I think it's gonna be a progression. It's gonna be a journey. And mm -hmm. all these techniques, natural language, machine learning, are gonna help us go to that 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 next level. And also, some of the pandemic has also accelerated uh, some of that push there because now you can't just you know walk to a uh, to the next cubicle and 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 tap on your data analyst shoulder and say you know what you know get me this report. Uh, yeah. That 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 isn't there. So you need that self service access. So we believe. 
And, and that's what our mission statement is, that we want to make everyone in the organization a data analyst. What that means is not that we want them to do complex SQL stuff. What we mean is that you can actually get, you know, ask questions, get answers from your data in a more self-service manner. Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, looking at comments, we've got we got Divyang saying, great illuminating session, and thank you for sharing your knowledge. And I see Jessica here has shared the site for, for Telius. If you, got, if you guys are watching and want to check this out, they do have a free trial that will um, we'll actually show a demo later in the session as well. So definitely stay tuned. Um, but yes, I, I wanted to ask a question because you mentioned that this is not going to happen overnight, right? So what would that look like? Let's say I'm a company and this sounds really interesting and I want my business users to stop tapping data analysts on the shoulder <laughs> they have a question so the data analysts can do their job. Uh, how long do you think it takes for a company to go from saying this is interesting to actually being able to go ahead and ask questions from their data? That's a great question. Um, I think it depends on, um, first of all, I think we are very early stages of this journey. Uh, I think people are still trying to get used to what does natural language uh, way of asking questions look like or feel like. Uh, I think one of the main question, objection, concern we, we hear when we go and talk to uh, different customers is that, you know, how do we enable our teams to make that shift? I think the enablement and cultural piece, I think, is, is, is a bigger barrier here. I think we got the technology and then you always need a cultural shift and, you know, how are we going to get that, that, that happening? So what we feel is it depends on where you are in your analytics journey in the organization. So uh, I would say that if you are still in an early stage, so, and that's how we look at who are the right customers for, for this kind of technology, is, is, is the organizations or the business teams who have actually already gone through some kind of business intelligence journey, meaning they got some uh, Tableau Power BI click, they gone through the dashboarding journey, they reach a stage where we're like, oh, okay, this is, we can't scale anymore. You know, these dashboards are, you know, we have you know, 25 dashboards and we have heard terms like someone has 800 dashboards and it's like, okay, you know, time out. Like we got to figure out, you know, what do we do here? I think that's, where the acceleration is faster because they see the need, right? So I think now, of course, if you're talking to an organization who is still trying to get their data into a dashboard, for them, you know, it is still a few years out. So I think we normally, the, the approach we take is just assess where you are in the analytics journey. Mm -hmm. And then if you are at that point, I think then you can actually make that happen, you know, in, in a matter of maybe, you know, six to nine months, right? You, you roll out this, then you slowly enable different team members and then, you know, they start, asking those questions or so. So I think that's kind of where, how we see that. Okay, yeah, obviously it was going to vary. So that, that makes yeah. sense based on the organization. Yeah. And you mentioned 800 dashboards. That's a nightmare of mine, <laughs> <I'll be honest. laughs> especially dashboards across, let's say Tableau, Power BI, Click, and whatever other BI tools out there. Um, how would Telius fix that, right? How do we address the need where five different departments are creating a very similar dashboard and they're maintaining that dashboard, they're you know refreshing that data, and then some people are just not even using the dashboard who were, who this was built for. How, how would you guys address that? Um, Alvin, do you wanna take, take yeah, this? No, yeah, so I think it, it really, so again, it depends on the organization and the types of uh, challenges that they're facing. Um, and a part of it is just kind of thinking about a different approach, right? So if an organization is, is just married to dashboards, right? Uh, really take a hard look at how people are actually consuming them, right? Are they are they for operational reporting? Are you uh, you know monitoring KPIs? 
And then think to yourself, okay, well, you know, what happens when you need additional analysis, right? What happens when you have a follow-up question to something you see? Um, you know, what what is that process that happens? Um, you know, has it ever occurred to you that there's something that you should know, but you don't because you didn't ask the question, right? Because there's there's a lot of insights also within your data that you don't know about, but you know, is it is it fair to say, okay, the business needs to explicit, explicitly ask a question in order for an answer to be generated, in order for them to respond to something like that, right? Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to you know, dig deeper, you know, dig a little deeper into how how people are actually consuming the information, understanding the the, the types of informational needs uh, that they have, and I think you know from there it will surface. Then what are the pieces? Of, of decision intelligence or AI-driven analytics that is going to be more important to you, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think IJ has, has brought forth, you know, I think he's, you know, we've both talked about different types of use cases where uh, AI can improve the BI process. Is it, you know, at, at the business user level, right? Um, is it at the analyst level? Or maybe it's at the, the data science level as well, right? So, so there's kind of these various kind of work streams and information streams that you have to look at and inspect and say, okay, you know, where, where's my biggest boost, right? To to the yeah. earlier question around, okay, you know, how does someone get started? Well, you know, oftentimes it, it kind of has to start with them kind of realizing, hey, there's something I want to improve. There's there's some difficulty in a, in a particular area, and then and then you kind of take it forth from there to to find the right change in technology or the, or, the, or the change in process that's going to work for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love especially the fact where you said the user would want to ask a deeper question, right? Something that they maybe didn't ask a data analyst to put on their dashboard, but now they need. So obviously what they do next is they, they tap on the data analyst shoulder and say, hey, by the way, I also need this. Um, so I know we'll see a demo later. And at this point, I'm just going to go back into the Questions. We've got a question here from Carrie asking, are there different security protocols for different levels of the organization for data access? Yeah, I, I can take this one. So no, I think that's a, that's a great question. So we have uh, different uh, security protocols built in. It depends on you know, the user level. Uh, it also, we can do it at row level, column level, uh, security there. So de depending upon, uh, and we, we have live examples where some of our organizations where they have let's say a few hundred users who are using Telius. But what they will uh, do is that they will have, let's say five or 10 users who are more their power users. So they have access to look at the data, maybe create some new data models and, and, and stuff. Then the other users who are mostly utilizing that to ask questions using search. And then mm -hmm. we also have some limited users who are generating insights because um, uh, the reason you're tr trying to limit that is because insights certainly take a lot more compute power. So if the organizations want to make sure that you know they are they are balancing the compute power they have with the access, so so it's possible to do that. And then the other pieces, we also have different uh, levels in terms of row level uh, access uh, uh, security, meaning uh, that if you have certain you know one big table, which it is for you know northeast region, west region, uh, you know east region, so you can actually set the row level security so that when an individual who is actually only supposed to be looking at the West region, runs mm -hmm. the insight, it actually only uses that subset of the data, even though that's part of the same table. 
so just different levels of security protocols to, to make sure you have the right access of data and, and the right access of features uh, to the users in the organization. Yeah, I mean, that makes so much sense because you don't want the person on the East region having to see what's on the West if their focus is strictly on, on the East. That That's great. Is that something you would set up as part of the kind of process where people bring in the product and they can set up their own security protocols or, or how does that process work? Yeah, it's it's an admin level setting. So the admin level, uh, so you can actually do it at the setup of the Telius on the first time, or you know, most likely what happens is mostly when people deploy it, they really don't have all that figured out. So you know, down the road, they're like, oh, we're gonna use it this way. So the admin can actually go and you know, just like a, any point and click interface, and you can enable disable the appropriate settings for the end users. Okay, great. Uh, we've got two comments here from Susan Walsh. She says, this is all great, but mm -hmm. we need to make sure the data is clean first. Um, and then she says it also helps for them to work with their data regularly to familiarize themselves with it. Any any thoughts, reactions on the on the clean data comment? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So that that's mm -hmm. that's a great that's a that's a great comment, right? Um, you know, I think data quality is is definitely something that can um, improve insights, especially when you know, someone thinks about automation and the power that someone may have to, um, you know, to to draw insights out of their data and how quickly that can happen. Um, so definitely clean data is definitely very important. And we see that also with the organizations that we work with as well. And in response to that, um, you know, one thing that I think sets tell you support is our ability to prepare uh, transform and clean data uh, within our platform as well right so uh, so so not only do we think about the user experience right as a consumer right whether that's a business user or a data analyst but also try to take care of the underlying plumbing that's necessary mm -hmm. to ensure that uh, you know you have clean accurate data that that comes into uh, the system that people can can then leverage uh, for the wide variety of use cases right so right when when we talk about this convergence of, of bi and ai there are many applications of this from you know standard bi query from automated analysis and then uh, ml modeling but really at, at the core of that you need clean data and so we we supply that capability and effectively you know bring that and make that data available you know across the various use cases that we can serve Okay, yeah, that's great. That that was one of the questions I had. So if I had data sitting, let's say 10 different data sources, databases, we can bring all that together in Telius and, and clean and prep it, I guess. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, uh, yes, absolutely. Now, now, of course, that, that's not the, the only way, right? So, you know, I think organizations will have different uh, strategies in terms of how they're going to bring in, consolidate, join data across multiple sources. Yep. Um, in those cases where, let's say, you know, you don't have a data warehouse or you know, some centralized repository. Uh, Telius does, in fact, have connectors to a wide variety of uh, end uh, databases, analytic data stores, files, applications, and we have the ability then to uh, bring in that data into our system, transform it, join it, you know, do the operations necessary in order to uh, then analyze that data. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. That's that's great. Um, okay, more questions here. So Wilder is asking, can AI also be applied to help solve issues at the business process level? 
Mm. We asked for clarification. Was- yeah, so I mean, I guess I guess I'm, I'm trying to figure out at the business process level. Um, you know, there there are certainly many different business processes that we can inform, right, uh, via uh, the insights that are generated in our system. Although I don't quite think that's necessarily what the what the question is, uh, perhaps. So yeah, yeah love to get clarification on that. Clarification. Yeah. Thank you. Um, all right. Let's go to this. Next one from Misag. Okay, so the human mind is too curious for any dashboards to develop <laughs> down the road. Uh, search-based VI is the way to go. Make everyone a data analyst. I this love that. I, I love that. I think it's. I think it's a comment. I, I love that comment, uh, uh, Misag. Yeah, I think human. Yeah, mind is, is really you know curious because uh, no matter how many dashboards you create, and uh, it is. I think these eight hundred dashboards are a result of you know, human mind curiosity, because you ask one question, then you have another question, and, you know, you keep asking those questions. And, and before you know, you have 800 dashboards. And I still remember, um, I think, sitting in a meeting with, you know, head of analytics of a, of a big uh, financial bank. And, you know, he was saying is that, uh, you know, I know the question I have is in one of the dashboards. I just don't know which one. And 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 I think he was coming in saying, could you create a search interface to search within the dashboards? I said, no, no, that's not the, the right way to go. You just have a search bar. You connect to the data and get answers. You don't need to start searching within the dashboards. Uh, and, 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 and again, and don't take me wrong. I mean, these dashboards are still needed that you you need some of those which you come in in the morning and then you look at your you know 10 kpis and and all that mm-hmm. stuff i think and that's continue to be there i don't foresee that need going away so i think search and natural language processing is gonna augmentation that so you you will not have dashboard you're gonna uh, just the key will be then you don't need 800 of them hopefully you will still need your you know three, four, five main dashboards you come in the morning have your coffee or tea whatever you have and then you look at your stuff but then during the day, you have more curious questions and then you go uh, to kind of search-based interface. Yeah, absolutely. And I think these business intelligence platforms make it so easy for us to create anything we're curious about. It's it's not difficult to create the 800 dashboards because it's literally a couple of clicks, but then we get into that dashboard creep or whatever it's called, where there's just so many of them. And I actually spoke to another company that provides a search across all your dashboards. But if you can take that whole middle layer out and go directly to search your data, uh, that just seems like a smarter way to go. Um, Okay, going back to comments, there's a question here from Romeo asking, do you guys have a free trial? Oh yeah, uh, so absolutely. So absolutely we have a free trial. And a free trial, I would say, is is different than than what you would find perhaps with some other tools. You know, um, so you know, lots of times people think of the free trial as, hey, um, you know, I love the test desktop version, right? Um, and uh, that's not the type of trial that we offer, right? So our tool isn't necessarily just say a desktop visualization tool, right? Um, our tool is actually built completely from the ground up to be a distributed um, in-memory capable system that's cloud native. And it's it's built for the cloud and mm-hmm. and that can scale to infinite data. And so when I say, okay, I'm, I'm selling you on all this stuff. What, what I really mean to say is yes, you can start a free trial, but the amazing thing is that you can actually start a free trial on our site, get started in minutes, um, and you're on the platform that can scale at that point, right? Like mm-hmm. you're, you're on the platform that can scale to, number of users, uh, you know, infinite amount of data. 
And we've built our platform to be elastically scalable in that way to bring resources to bear depending on the types of workloads uh, that are being run, uh, the processing power that's being needed. Um, so it's a little different than what you're going to find uh, because we have, from the get-go, thought about how we can build a system that is really built for you know the, the the modern world, right? Like you know, you use any internet service, you don't think about as a consumer, you don't think about capacity, you don't think about right number of users, right? Um, uh, so in that way, we offer this capability to basically have a zero maintenance type of uh, experience from a management standpoint, but still be off be able to offer uh, the level and the speed of insights that uh, that you would desire. Yeah, that's great. I mean, sometimes you download a version of some kind of tool that's a trial version, and then the limited capabilities uh, are there. Then you have to download an upgraded version, and then you kind of have to yeah. start from scratch. So what you're saying is the version that's in the free trial is the version yeah. you're going to get that you can scale with. Yeah. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and people can go to tellius.com or is there another specific link that they need to use? Yeah, just, just go to tellius.com. Uh, there's a link to the free trial there. Uh, if you're not quite ready and you want to see more, that's fine. You can uh, request a demo and uh, we will have a solutions architect reach out to you, talk about some of your requirements, uh, really understand what you're looking for, understand the personas and uh, the types of issues that, that you're facing, uh, and then give you a personalized demonstration of the product uh, that is going to be, you know, really catered to uh, what you're looking for. Or stay tuned, you'll get a demo right now. Well, in a few minutes, you'll get a demo as well. Thank you for that. Um, Ravid likes your t-shirts, so he likes your matching matching Telia's t-shirts. <laughs> no, that's, that, uh, that's great to hear. I think I, I was joking with someone. I think that, uh, yeah, I think I see a lot more uh, a, a positive comments on our t-shirts as compared to our tools. So we got to fix that, uh, that, that there. <laughs> somehow, somehow create that, create that balance uh, or, 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 or actually have uh, maybe a sub part of our company, you know, just focusing on the, uh, on the, on the t-shirts and the logos or so. Mm -hmm. But no, thanks. Uh, I appreciate that, Ravit. Uh, uh, um, awesome. So uh, Walter is clarifying his question. So by business process, you meant transactions in ERP generated data, data is extracted in analytical systems, BI plus AI inform the business process. So Alvin, you did answer his question. However, it was a bit short. Not sure if you want to elaborate on the, the question or if you want me to scroll back to the original question, if that's helpful. Uh, no, I, I think that uh, provides uh, some good clarification uh, for us. Uh, you know, absolutely. Um, you know, for us, when you look at our system, you know, we work with data coming from different places, right? So they they could be um, transactional uh, data. Um, you know, it could be simply just you know customer attributes, right? Um, it could be uh, data that inform you know that is about a business process. As well, right? And so, uh, in terms of the business process, you know, what the types of insights that you know, we we can um, you know glean from that would be you know hey you know look for bottlenecks in the process you know try to understand the the types of uh, transactions or the records you know that um, you know that either take the longest for example or the most troublesome uh, for your team. Uh, so, so th those are the things that uh, that we can certainly help you analyze. Uh, but yeah, um, you know, uh, what we deal with at the end of the day is uh, a lot of structured data. So really, as long as the data is structured, um, you know, that's something that uh, we can handle. 
Okay. Awesome. Thanks for that. Um, okay. Not even sure which question. There's so many good ones coming in. So going back to Ravid, he has another question here, aside from the t-shirts. Um, where do you see Telius in the next five years? So this is actually a question I had prepared for you as well. Just <laughs> your, your vision on what are you expecting over the next you know, three to five years? No, that, no, that's a great question. So the way we look at that is, and this, as this BI and AI space is, is converging, uh, we call this area as decision intelligence. So the decision intelligence is the, is the area where you, know, you can use this applied machine learning AI concepts to business intelligence to you know, accelerate data-driven decision-making. Um, and we see Telius playing a you know, major role and a leader in that category of decision intelligence. So that decision intelligence category is one which helps users to focus on not only what happened, but why things are changing and how you can improve outcomes. So there's a huge, huge, huge unaddressed market there with BI sitting on one side of the spectrum and then you have the data science tools on the other side of the spectrum. So, you know, some great BI tools. I see a question like difference between, you know, Telius and well, you know, Power, Power BI there. Yeah. yeah. So, so you see this on one side of the spectrum and then you see the data science tool. And then you see this huge unaddressed market of these uh, these uh, business teams, analysts who want to, uh, you know, to to take the the discovery of insights to the next level, accelerate that that process, uh, you know, compress the, the analytic cycle. So we see that category being enabled by combining BI with AI, and we call that category as decision intelligence. Um, and we, so we see Telius uh, as you know, emerging as a category leader in that space. That's kind of where we see. Um, I think that brings up that, that other question with Telius with the other tools, Power BI and Tableau. I mean, those are some some great, uh, you know, amazing tools. Uh, you know, Tableau is the the king of visualization, uh, so they have done such a great job of you know, uh, enabling anyone to create those self-service visualization. And they, they are really good at what they do. And, and similarly, Power BI, you know, great at uh, providing those, you know, BI visualization reporting needs or so. And and we see Telius uh, kind of augmenting or, or supplementing that, that category of tools out there. So I wouldn't say that we will compete with them. Uh, if someone has a need to create this, you know, different kind of visualization, they want this 85 Kind of charts. Uh, I think we, the you know Power BI or Tableau would be would be a good fit for them. Uh, mm -hmm. No, we do have we do support visualization vispads. We call it, and we do have our 50, 60 kind of charts there, but but not to the level and the depth of uh, Tableau and Power BI, and we don't intend to compete in that space. However, uh, if your need is more ad hoc exploration, you know, to to for the masses using natural language interface, it's generating insights automatically, uh, you know, and compressing that that analysis cycle uh, and understanding why things are changing, that's where you will use Telius. So Telius will be actually complementing and actually in our all of our customers, I won't say majority, all of our customers, they have one of these tools already in there. And they are putting Telius to support some of the other use cases. Yeah. Yeah, great. I was actually thinking one easy way to answer Praveen's question is through a demo to show uh, what can Telius do that maybe Power BI, Tableau, and other BI tools can't do. Yep. Should we should we pull that up, Ajay? I think that's a great segue to to the to that uh, to the demo system. And oh, and here you are. So here it's pretty flawless. So we got there. Uh, perfect. So. Um, let me maybe start with the with the interface and see how it works. And I, I will also a little bit touch on the data. I think I see a lot of questions around data, but I'll start with uh, you know how you can ask questions uh, from the data, uh, generate some of the insights, uh, answer what happened, why things changed, and also do some kind of machine learning, um, you know, predictive models. 
And then I'll come back and, and talk about how we bring data in and what you can do from a data cleaning and transformation capabilities perspective. So when you come in, the interface looks very, very similar to what you would see in, in some kind of, kind, of, kind of search engine where you have a search bar in the middle and that's uh, kind of the interface we are we're trying to create. Um, it will certainly show you things which you know either you are interested in based on your usage as as well as some of the other team members may be uh, asking for. So when you want to start a question, you bring it to a search bar and, and start asking questions. So let's say you want to uh, look at, uh, for example, that, OK, I want to look at just a question like revenue by state. Um, now, the system knows that you ask for revenue by state. It actually figures out that it's a you know, it needs to present a map view, not a bar chart or a line chart view. So it does it in a more, more automated manner. However, you can absolutely change that and switch the chart to whatever you want. But uh, you can actually start asking different questions here by state. You can say, I want to look at maybe by, by channel and let's say product. So you can actually say channel or product. The system will say, OK, uh, this seems like a stacked bar chart because you want to show both channel and the product. And then it will create a stacked bar chart for you uh, pretty quickly. You don't have to type some of these things like exactly right. So let's say if, even if you were to, uh, let's say, revenue, and like even if you type something like a revenue, which is not the right spelling, it's going to try to find the closest match. And if it finds in multiple places, it could give you those options there. So you can start that ad hoc exploration. And I want to show that this data we are looking at uh, in this uh, view is actually not one table. So we are looking at the e-commerce data. Uh -huh. And that e-commerce data is you have an orders table, you have customer table, you have page views, you have product information, you have session information. So, you, so it's not one table. We are looking at that. Uh, I want to just make sure that it's clear that you can actually bring in multiple tables. And what we create, we create something called a business view. Uh, in, in terminology, it would be a data model, but we call it a business view, which is a collection of tables. And they're, of course, joined by certain common keys. Uh, but the beauty is once you do that, you don't need to, to kind of you know, create multiple versions of these tables. These are still uh, kind of the, the main table. You join them on the fly and do all the aggregations on the fly based on the question you're asking. Um, and in this example, uh, I haven't loaded a, a, a lot of data. This is just a demo example. But we have customers who are using this kind of interface to, to ask questions across tens of billions of records and be able to get those on to answer that. That's the beauty that, that if you have 5 billion, 10 billion rows, there's no way you can bring it into one, one of these tools. So here, you can actually do that analysis pretty quickly. Um, yeah, that's that's really awesome. Um, I, I, just, I had one question here. Sure. From mm -hmm. Adrian, it's it's just the question. It says it just has ETL question mark. So um, I'm guessing he wants to know what the ETL process looks like or what are the capabilities. I know you mentioned that you build a data model, and I guess all of the data tables that you bring in have to somehow join on some kind of unique ID. Maybe talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, no, I, I, I can, I'll jump on that. I, I was thinking that I, I will maybe wait till, for the data questions till the end, but I knew that I think the data questions will be probably the most hard question. So I think it makes sense to to go to the data part. I know that's that's always a question because like, okay, how are you going to bring this data in? How this works? And, and those are all valid questions. So what we're going to do is so we can actually go and bring different data sources in so you can connect to some of these data sources. 
uh, your traditional data systems like data warehouses like Oracle, uh, SQL. You can connect to some of the cloud data warehouses like Snowflake. Uh, mm -hmm. So you, you bring the data in, and once the data is in, you can actually start uh, actually be able to look at what the data is and do some cleaning or transformation activity. So this is just some sample data I pulled up, which is actually a COVID-19 uh, reports, which shows uh, different uh, states, regions. So you have that information. Uh, you can actually go and do some cleaning here itself. So what you could do is, let's say uh, you have some information here. You can actually do some transformations, maybe rename columns. You can maybe do uh, copy paste to replace certain things. You can change the data types. You can um, you know, do different transformations uh, using a point-and-click approach. However, mm -hmm. we also have things like for some of the advanced tasks where you want to use a SQL. So you can actually bring in SQL and say, I can start creating a SQL um, uh, statement and be able to you know, create a SQL uh, uh, statement and apply that to the data. That's, that's mm -hmm. absolutely possible. You can store some of that in, in your library so you can reuse some of those things. Uh, so, so that's SQL part, but then you can also do that same thing using Python. So some of the Python experts who will say, you know what, I want to look at, I want to do some using, you know, Pandas or, or PySpark and be able to run some, you know, Python transformations, uh, you know, with maybe either you are comfortable with this language or some of these things are not possible in SQL. So mm. you can absolutely do that also. Uh, but for, even if you don't know this, you know, uh, no big deal, you can actually do a lot of that activity. Uh, with a lot of this point and click approach. And we are building this thing, what we call as a pipeline, because mm -hmm. normally when you're trying to clean something, you have multiple steps. You uh, you remove a column, you add a column, you create a new column, and then you can see the pipeline and then be able to come back here and change one of the steps because I'm mm -hmm. sure whatever you do, uh, a few days later, you'll realize, yeah, I don't know, I want to change this column type or so. So you yeah. could do that. Um, so that's the, the the step where you can go through. Uh, then what we do is you can also bring, um, uh, uh, you can combine different tables into one place, uh, which is uh, what we have. We call it an e-commerce view, which is what I was showing. And here you can actually join different tables together. So you have location table, orders table, kind of join them together using some common key. And that's what we'll call as the e-commerce business view. So what I just went through was you can bring in data, you can do some transformations, you can combine things together. Now, I want to certainly say that uh, that if you're using uh, a cloud data warehouse like Snowflake or so, there's a good possibility that we can just push down those queries inside the data, data warehouse. So we don't really have to run all that transformation activities here because maybe a lot of that work is already done you know, you've already invested time in there. So we can, we have a uh, technique, we call it live query. So that's where we just use a live query where we push down the query, let Snowflake or Redshift do the heavy work. So you have both the options available. So if you have invested there, we will, you can utilize all the investment you made in Snowflake. If you have not made investments in, in, um, in, in this cloud data warehouses like Snowflake, and you're still using SQL Oracle, you can still bring, you can, bring it in in inner memory, combine things together. And so a lot of different uh, options available uh, from that perspective. Yeah, that's that's really powerful. I, are you going back to the visualization side of things now? That's where yes. I live. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So what I, uh, sorry, so you had a question. Uh, 
No, no, keep going. I'll, I'll ask once you put the visual on because it's about visualization. <laughs> so we, so we, uh, so I just uh, did another uh, the, uh, chart where it's like, okay, so now we are looking at revenue for like two, we are comparing two different channels, email com compared to social. We are doing it for quarterly for South. So it's, if you look at that, it's, it's, it's an, it's, it's doing a lot of things. It has filters. It has quarterly aggregations. You're trying mm -hmm. to compare two things. You have revenue. So, so you're doing this thing and this is, it's doing it on the fly. You actually start, that's where the next part kicks in where you're like, okay, so I see a jump happening here. This is unusual. Like I don't see a 300% jump in my revenue in South. Like, so something is happening and I want to investigate. And that's where the next part of analysis kicks in and where you can do from this search. That's actually something very, very unique to Yes, I mean that from search you can do anything here. Like you can run insights. You can actually create machine learning models right from here because now you are in a context of analyzing this particular revenue increase for these regions, and you wanna do further investigation. I think to earlier point about curious mind, and you are you have a lot of questions now. So yeah. you wanna understand why things are happening and. That's where um, you know, the system can actually run this analysis, figure out why revenue changed, um, and uh, uh, be able to find those answers and say, okay, we can actually do this analysis where the revenue changed, and you know, the Q1 was this, Q2, you see the change happening, uh, figure out, create this narrative, a natural language narrative, and then be able to uh, even find the contributors and reasons for what those biggest changes are. So what are the biggest changes from the contribution perspective? So you can see those those changes there. Um, sorry, I just kind of, I lost the, the screen, so I'll bring it back here. Uh, so the, uh, the yeah, so you can see all this impact. So that's actually a lot of analysis done through a lot of variables to find okay. the biggest contributors there. And again, you can continue this investigation further because you may want to see why did you know, email or one of the channel is doing better than the other. Uh, mm -hmm. You want to compare these two. Uh, and that's where we have different kind of insights. So this other insight is more of a, for us, the cohort comparison insights, where you're trying to compare what happened uh, on revenue on one channel as compared to the other. And I'll give some examples of it. So it certainly applies to marketing, where you're looking at two channels and say why things change. Yeah. Uh, we're working with financial uh, institution where they are looking at because they are uh, making different credit card offers. So you will have a 2% cashback credit card or you have a 50,000 mile credit card. Now they issue those credit cards, a lot of people sign up. So they have to track that over the life of that credit card offer and say, you know, who signed up and who is actually giving a much better return to that financial institution, who, which offer is actually at a much higher risk of you know higher loss ratios because people mm -hmm. aren't paying their things on how do you figure that out right because you have a lot of people signing up how they you know what's their demographics what are they what are what's their account attributes look like so this can actually do that analysis through all that channel and that's what they really liked this in this insights feature because they could see that we can click a button run this analysis it's going to show us all these attributes maybe a region or an age group or you know, certain income level is actually what's contributing to that difference in behavior of those two cohorts. It's not a just like which cohort is better or the other, but why one cohort is better than the other or so. Um, so I'll, I'll pause here, see if there was any questions, comment.
Yes, absolutely. So first of all, I think this is very powerful. You have some really good um, feedback coming in via the comments. Uh, my, my question here is, let's say I'm using the tool and I get to this really great insights. Is there a way I can share this maybe with my manager, with my team? How would that work? No, that's a great question. I think that's the uh, next step. But you can actually, when you see these insights, you can do multiple things. You can share this. You can share these insights with different users uh, in a different way, like view, edit, mode, or so. Uh, you can actually download this. You can download this information um, you know, in, in some CSV, some format, and, and send it out to someone. You can continue this exploration where you can actually do uh, You can explore these segments further. Uh, you can look at the raw data. Uh, you can do a lot of that analysis there where you can export this thing, you can share with people, you can continue this investigation further uh, and you know continue to slice and dice this data in different ways or shape, uh, so you can do that. We also have some interface where you can uh, get this information out as APIs for if you are trying to connect some of that output into a third party applications, you can also use APIs to do that. Okay, awesome. Um, so Ravid knows that I like data visualization and he said, look at case excitement when you mentioned database. <laughs> and my, my question was, so let's say you build a bar chart or line chart or you know, whatever the, the, map, the map view, do you have flexibility to customize maybe the use of color or the way the visual actually looks? Oh yeah, absolutely. So okay. what, what happens is that, so once we have all these information and search, you can do the editing in search itself or we can bring it into something we call it a VisPad, which you know mm -hmm. is a is is our version or our naming for dashboards. So okay. when you look at that, you can actually do all the customization. So when you you edit this, you can bring in all these views where you can click, look at the the formatting. You can uh, start doing uh, let's say click on this. Like yeah, so you can say I want to change from bar to line chart. So any typical features you will see in a in a BI tool, you can do that here uh there is uh, you know you can change the color there's yeah there's formatting okay. yeah yeah chart color conditional formatting number formatting some labeling and very typical features you will see uh you can start editing them and customize to your branding your mm -hmm. you know taste or preference or whatever the case may be yeah and, and visualization you know is definitely continues to be very important um and you know the power of what ij was showing earlier with those insights and they kind of look like you know prepared reports in a way but what's happening there is that we're really trying to improve the analyst experience right so for, as an analyst when you have a question and you're trying to figure out why something's happening or you're trying to figure out you know who are the best segment of customers to target for a particular campaign right mm -hmm. um Oftentimes you go through a process of, of uh, hypothesis, right? You generate a hypothesis. You're like, oh, maybe sales are down, you know, by region, yeah. by zip. So you so you kind of go through this process where you're, you know, thinking through all the possible combinations, and you know, if if someone were to, you know, take an approach where they wanted to do multivariate analysis, yeah. right, across even a data set of let's say, you know, twenty columns or so, you'd probably have to really analyze you know, thousands of different charts and visualizations in order to come up with sort of maybe the five best, you know, answers to that question. And here with Telius via uh, the automated capabilities, we're, what we're doing is we're actually scanning you know, all the data that's available in the system for us and um, making uh, that automation such that you, know, you don't need to go through that manual analysis process of having to visualize all the different you know, types of charts in order to find what you're looking for, right? Um, 
And so, you know, ultimately, you know, we're trying to improve the experience for the analyst, help them also get much faster answers in addition to making those insights more accessible to business users. Yeah, thanks for that, Alvin. There's actually a question here on the data analyst that I wanted to bring up from Kingsley. He says, Tellius is really powerful with uh, such a tool in the market. What's the use of even having a data analyst? I, I, I'm going to answer. This is very interesting. Uh, I, I wouldn't. Uh, so this was uh, some customer we were talking to uh, a few weeks back. And uh, what he uh, was giving this example of an analyst in his team, his name is Anton. And what he was saying was that, uh, you know, what I really want, I have this, this individual Anton, he's pretty awesome. You know, he can, you know, do a lot of data analysis work. But the poor guy just can't take vacation. I mean, he he's working really super hard, and and you know, how do I enable him to take some vacation or you know, to take some time off and you know, do the you know, uh, personal life and you know, work balance, balance yeah. there? Yeah, work balance. So I think that's what's gonna achieve. I don't think we we won't need data analysts. I think uh, there's a lot of work data analysts will do. We just making them productive and more uh, efficient and be able to handle a lot more requests than they can handle today. I think that's kind of how I see. I think that's a great answer. Give data analysts some work-life balance. There you go. <laughs> work-life balance. <thing. laughs> um, yeah. Hear from Samuel. So, what questions have been the most challenging for Telius to handle, or does that just come down to the quantity and quality of the data? Do you want me to take uh, take that, uh, Alvin, or? Uh, you know, I, <laughs> th 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 thanks for trying to lob that one over. I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm not sure if I have a good, good response here uh, for something like that. You know, I, so I, I guess what, what I'll add is that, um, you know, so so on one hand, it, it, it can kind of, uh, it kind of depends on, on what, you know, where, where, where you're coming from, I, I suppose, right? So if you kind of think about this as, you know, so some of you out there might think to yourselves, oh, you know, hey, uh, there's this automation that, and there's this AI and, you know, oh, there's probably, you know, there's like all these questions you can't possibly answer. There's, you know, you, you shouldn't be able to, uh, you know, uh, either analyze the data or maybe, you know, can't sort of automatically, you know, answer these questions. And at the same time, I think, you know, Ajay in, in this demonstration is, has done a great job showing you some of the power. But of course, you know, there, there's always going to be um, some points of the Im implementation that may be harder than others. So for example, right, uh, you know, we talk about natural language search. Um, mm -hmm. And while we do give people uh, a great starting point, uh, in order to uh, translate either written text or spoken word into uh, uh, you know things that match in their data, um, you know that that can often be a process, right? That that is often a process where the system has to learn about uh, the particular vocabulary uh, that um, that businesses use. Right, a lot of the shorthand, a lot of acronyms and things like that. You know, yeah. is, it, it's a learning process. Uh, we do have the internal tools to to handle that, right? So you can actually build, you know, uh, you know, translation, you know, quote unquote translations, if you will, right? That will help guide uh, the interpretation of that natural language input to to turn into a valid query, you know, and then ultimately turn back into natural language that's generated to help kind of people understand the insight in their data. Um, uh, so, so some, you know, that can certainly be a journey, um, you know, in and of itself. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, we've got another question here from Carrie asking, what are the analytics behind 
you know, supporting the insight is a PCA and ML regression? Yeah, I, I, I can answer that. So, so there's, uh, depending on the question we are asking, we use a combination of machine learning and AI techniques. So let's say if you're talking about uh, the, the, the natural language search interface, we use some deep neural network algorithms to train different kinds of search queries and let the system learn from it. So when a new question comes up, it kind of figures out which one is a filter, which one is a is a, is a group by and stuff like that. So that's kind of on the, on the search part. Now, when we look at the insights part where we're talking about why things happening and how we can improve outcomes, it uses a com combination of techniques. It uses combination of some statistical techniques. It uses classification algorithms like decision tree uh, and you know, random forest to some of these algorithms where we are using to figure out uh, uh, more also predicting things in future. We also use some you know, time series forecasting and regression algorithms. So I think the answer would be, it depends on the question. So if you have a question search, it may use some kind of algorithms. And that's the beauty that we have. And that's kind of the really the, the, the secret sauce that we, we took all these algorithms. These are amazing algorithms. We didn't, so we 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 did not have to build a new algorithm. There's like a lot of algorithms available. But the question was, how do we use what algorithm for what question? So kind of doing that easy translation and mapping. And yeah. so how the analysts do that without really learning about all these complex techniques like PCA and all the other techniques. Yeah, I think that's that's so beneficial because there's I think there's currently a gap where we have the need to use all these techniques, but not a very clear understanding of how everything yeah. works behind it. So if your tool can help bridge that gap, that's very powerful. Um, a question here from Praveen, and I think we maybe touched on this a little bit, but how about RLS and is there a server for Telius where we can store, maintain, and share the reports? Now, I know you mentioned you can download and get an SCV file, but you want to respond to Praveen here? Yeah, I'm not sure what RLS is, but but yeah, there is a, uh, from a, from Telly's perspective, the way it's deployed is that we we can do it on our cloud or we can do it on um, on on the customer cloud. So there will be a server deployment where Telly's will you know, bring the data in memory, and that's where we can actually share, maintain those reports. Uh, it could be insights, could be some of the other information. So that's available, and uh, we will we will make that available to the end users with some history maintenance like you know we'll maintain it for x days or months hmm. yeah, yeah okay and i googled rls it's a resource list server so just fyi all right um, i learn something every day when i don't know something i i typically assume the guests will know and i just read it and sometimes i have to google so now people know. <laughs> Um, okay, so I wanted to ask, you know, what are some of the main benefits that a business user will get from combining AI and BI? I know we touched on a couple already, but maybe if you want to provide a summary as we start to wrap up the session. Yeah, I can take that. I think there's four areas. Uh, number one is the analytics adoption. So we see uh, like six to eight X better analytic, analytics adoption, meaning instead of 10 users using it, we want 70, 80 people to use. So that's number one. I think number two we see is faster speed of insights. I think we, we're typically seeing organizations reporting anywhere from nine to 10x increase in the speed of insights uh, it takes. Uh, and I think we have done some case studies, ROI analysis based on that. The third piece we see is the, the efficiency and the productivity gains. So we do see 70, 80% efficiency productivity gains. And again, when businesses are trying to justify these these ROI, they have to see what kind of productivity gain. And, and, and the last piece is, you know, uncovering those hidden opportunities. Right? So we, you know, working with you know one of the financial uh, one of the pharmaceutical customer, they're able to you know, 
uncover some some revenue dollars and actually you know, in that case they're able to save some of the rebate dollars which is actually a bottom line for them so that's nothing to do with productivity speed to insight those are real dollars they can save and justify that so and that's because they can find those things pretty quickly so i think that's kind of the four areas we see so tremendous roi and benefits to the businesses yeah absolutely i think just the speed to insights is already such a game changer where you can literally ask a question of your data versus having to click and drag and think about, is this the right one? And how do I connect it to this data set? And I've been through dashboard hell, so I, I can relate to, to the issues that data analysts are facing. But um, at this point- there, were, there was a question earlier, and I can't find it anymore. I think there was a question around uh, alerting or- Oh, yes, there was. Mind, yes, right? I yeah. will, um, I'll pull that up. Actually, I wanted to ask that and then things scrolled quickly. But yes, Adrian asked if the solution has exception management or alerting. Yeah, so you know we've spent a lot of time talking about how uh, anyone can ask questions, right, in, in natural language, uh, and that's great. Uh, but uh, you know, eventually, at, at some point, what what will happen is that um, you know you can set up uh, the KPIs that you're interested in, right, in the system explicitly. Mm -hmm. And also the system will also implicitly learn uh, what's important to you based on your usage and your activity. Um, and then automatically monitor uh, these, these metrics. And it's not just alerting, right? It's, it's not just saying, hey, you know, if, if revenue dips past 10%, right? Plus or minus 10%. It's, it's really driven uh, by the automated analysis and the machine learning algorithms such that, you know, we'll identify uh, patterns or, or anomalies that you know exceed or, or you know that are that are unexpected, um, and continually monitor this in a way to not only show you that hey performance has uh, reached a point that you know we weren't expecting, but also automatically uh, analyze why that's why that's true and then present you with some uh, potential reasons why that's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's great. I know some tools do provide some basic alerting where, like you said, revenue dips below 10%, you know, send the manager an email or, or something like that. But I love that you guys go one step ahead of, of everyone else. Right, because that those things can be affected, um, you know, by statistical variances, seasonality, kind of things like that, um, that we would, you know, make sure that that we account for. Awesome. Um, Ajay, did you want to add something before we we start our wrap up? I realize we're yeah. we're over the hour mark at this point. Yeah. I uh, had so much fun with these. <laughs> no, I think I'm um, good. No, I think we we can wrap up. Uh, uh. Okay. Well, I first of all, I want to thank both of you for joining the session. I personally love these sessions because I get to learn so much um, myself. But you know, thanks to you guys, and thank you to the live audience that joined and asked some really insightful questions. It's always more interesting when we can participate with the live audience and engage and answer your questions. Um, as we wrap up, I just want you, Ajay and Alvin, to tell people where can they go if they want to continue the conversation or learn more about the, the tool. Do they find you on LinkedIn or Twitter? Where do you where do you guys yeah, I mean, work? Absolutely. So we have a presence on LinkedIn, we're on Twitter, but a lot of the information is right on our website at tellius.com. Mm -hmm. So from there, you can learn more about us, learn more about the technology. You can start a free trial today, just within minutes, just sign up um, and we will have someone reach out and, and you know kind of understand what, what you're looking uh, to do there. Um, 
Or if you don't want to start a free trial, uh, that's fine. You know, you can request a demo, and then we will give you a personalized view of, about how we can help you in your specific uh, situation that you're in. Absolutely, thank you. And Ajay. No, I think I'll say uh, uh, thank you so much, Kate, for uh, having us on the show. Uh, I think it was pretty engaging discussion. I love that when we have a lot of questions, a lot of discussions. Uh, I think it was pretty engaging discussion. But you know, certainly the future of analytics is bright with AI coming in. I think we are at the early stages of this whole kind of evolution of of analytics with the, you know making it easy to accessible, easy to access, as well as you know, combining with some of that intelligence uh, powered by machine learning and AI. So mm -hmm. I think we can, you know, certainly see it, uh, you know, taking effect in the in the in different organizations and uh, and uh, you know, we'll certainly engage into discussions if someone has you know a use case or so. You know, love to talk and see how these kind of solutions can can help those organizations. Absolutely. Thank you both so much again for your time and have a great day, everybody. Great. Thank All you. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Bye bye. Hey.